All right, it is episode three of First and Moose. It's also week one of football, and I'm Connor yeah. Taylor. Alongside me is Mark Schoenster, and it's definitely one of the most exciting weeks probably since March, at least for me. What about you, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed watching stuff over the summer, but, you know, for football, NFL is the first love. Uh, the only other thing that really gets me as excited, like just jovial, in any given time as the beginning of football or playoff football is just March Madness, which we didn't even get to have this year. So I've been waiting to have this sort of sports high of sorts where you get to look forward to the season starting. The first few weeks are always crazy in the NFL because you never know what to expect or what's going to happen as well as just defenses aren't quite in it yet. So Mm -hmm. there are usually some wild games those first few weeks. And then, you know, it's just, it's a great time, and it'll be even especially more weird this season, given no preseason, no fans, and all the other weird buildup to this. Do you expect more madness this year, in the beginning at least, since there is no preseason game? I know a lot of people have been hyping up that there's going to be weird teams making moves and stuff and unexpected teams. So it's just a, a weird season overall with no preseason games and not much preparation. Do you, do you actually do you buy into that? Um, I don't know if I buy into it being, I mean, it's going to be weird just because of how things are going to be, but I think the main difference that's going to happen and what we're going to see is that there's just going to be a lot of scoring. Like there's already more scoring in the early season. The weather is better. Uh, Defenses aren't quite in sync yet, even after a few preseason games. I think that span of time may last a little longer this year because, these defenses haven't been able to play another team yet. Even in the preseason, there isn't a lot of merit to it, but at least the defense can line up for two or three drives and play against a a group of personnel that is not the team they've been playing against all training camp. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a bit of just cohesion building that is not there yet. Sure, some defenses are already pretty cohesive just from prior seasons, but others, I think, are really going to struggle, and it's going to result in mistakes, uh, mistimings, especially in the secondary, just some just miscommunications, and it's going to – I think it's going to show up on the scoreboards a little bit, and fantasy football fans are going to be having some wild first uh, few weeks of the season. Yeah, I, th- I think it should be a, a fun few weeks, probably a, a fun few se- – like – a fun year overall hopefully yeah but we also have news per se uh or something something new for first and moose we are we're going live this sunday from 11 a.m to kick off every sunday myself and mark and i guess where are you you looking forward to that mark well i'm excited i mean I grew up always being a fan of watching the NFL today that I was always a CBS guy. I wasn't uh, Fox was all right, but I was always a, an NFL today on CBS kind of guy. And so it'd be cool to get our own little bite at it, mm-hmm. uh, have a little bit of fun predicting each of the games, previewing them. And we're just going to have a great time, you know, just looking over each game on Sunday, thinking, uh, talking about what we think are the big matchups in the game uh, who we think is going to win and keeping track of who does better at predicting the season in that regard. Uh, it's going to be two hours of fun right here on uh, u92themoose.com. Or if you're driving around in Morgantown, 91.7 FM, it, I think it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Great time. I, I'm repeating myself here, but <laughs> it's to emphasize that it will be worth tuning into, especially if you just want to be 
NFL football from the time you wake up to 11 at night when you're done watching a Sunday night football game. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for you as, as you are as well. And I think it'll be super fun. We're obviously doing that every Sunday and, you know, 91.7 FM or U92themoose.com. We'll still be doing this podcast though. So don't, so don't expect any changes here, but it is an addition for every preview every week. But this past weekend though, just moving on, we, we had some fun news actually in, in the football world. Um, Deshaun Watson got an extension. Mitchell Trubisky named the starting QB. Fitzmagic, like you predicted, is going to play. What are, what are yeah. your thoughts on those, those QB moves over the weekend? Well, Deshaun Watson getting his tender, well-deserved. Fantastic quarterback. Uh, one, probably could compete with Patrick Mahomes as the best playmaker in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He, there are just times where he just makes things happen that only Deshaun Watson can do. So he's making the money. And uh, I posed this this morning on the 6 a.m. lift. The, the main difference, though, between the Patrick Mahomes deal and the Deshaun Watson deal, Deshaun Watson now being the second highest paid player in NFL history, uh, is, the, is the fact that the Texans don't have the same sort of franchise allure to good players that the Chiefs do right now. So even though the Texans and the Chiefs are shelling out wads of money to their quarterbacks, players who are looking for a new team, who are looking for a championship-winning team, are a lot more inclined to go to Kansas City, even if it means maybe not making as much money, because there's a chance to win a Super Bowl there. Whereas (laughs) in Houston, there are a lot of questions about how that organization is being run. Is Bill O'Brien really a championship-winning coach? Is there is there a roster there that already has sort of a capability to compete? I don't think that's the case. And I think that makes it so this heavy contract on Watson, although you, you want to have the quarterback there. You don't want to lose Watson or else everything's gone for the Texans, but it's going to be harder to acquire talent to make the Texans a Super Bowl winning team than it is for the chiefs because the chiefs already have more pieces there in the first place. I, I completely agree with you. Obviously Watson deserves the money he's easily top five you can argue top three I think it's a top three quarterback right now and he's got chances to leap ahead to number two I would say I don't I guess most people probably agree Mahomes is one right now and I I don't see him being surpassed unless something something crazy happens but Watson's Watson's right there and he deserves the money and before we're going to do some predictions later and I have some weirder predictions with the Texans that I feel like some people would expect, but my, my favorite thing from the weekend was Mitchell Trubisky being named <laughs> the starting QB for the Chicago bears. It was glorious. I, I laughed for about three minutes and just, I soaked it all in and I don't, I don't know how it, how it happens. How did Nick Foles not beat him out? Yeah, that's that's confusing to me. The only thing I could see is if Trubisky so rookie year, he was incredibly limited. His sort of sophomore year in the NFL, he showed improvements. And then last season he kind of flatlined and maybe even went downward a little bit. So unless he showed some major improvements, kind of like he did between rookie and sophomore year, I do find it a I am a little skeptical. I guess 
you would prefer to go with Trubisky because he's younger than Nick Foles if the talent disparity is not very large. Mm-hmm. Because Nick Foles is coming in unfamiliar with the system, an older guy has already thought about retiring. If he's only slightly better than Trubisky, why not go with the younger guy who's familiar with the system and can continue to grow? But you brought in Nick Foles with the idea that maybe he's the guy to steady the ship because Trubisky's just not getting it done. It is confusing. Uh, you don't have the preseason, again, to kind of see and reference how Trubisky is played. But I, I did give myself a good laugh, too, when I heard it. And I thought, wow, this, this Bears team is – unless Trubisky shows some drastic improvement, this Bears team is just on the verge of mediocrity again. Yeah, and there, there was Cam Newton out there to sign, and they went with Nick Foles. So, got questions there. But like you stated, and when we did biggest questions – for every AFC team, Fitz Magic, he's starting. You expected him to start when he's on a team, and you you predicted it right. He's starting week one. Yeah, I mean, I think that Fitzpatrick will probably play more games this season than Tua. I think that it makes sense to do that. Fitzpatrick is a fantastic stopgap for a quarterback. Um, I think that with a team that is has so many moving parts on offense right now, trying to make something solid, why would you throw a rookie quarterback into that mess? Mm-hmm. Have someone who has tons of experience, who has literally been around the block. He's been he's played for so many different teams at this point, and he went to Harvard. Uh, you, you have to think that he is the better guy to have some sort of steady anchor point on a reconfigured offensive line, a entirely scrapped and redone backfield, and then a wide receiving core that's probably the most the strongest part of that offense at this point give it a chance to figure itself out. Don't let a rookie quarterback go in, in a situation where the guys around him still are trying to figure out what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It'll just end up a mess. And if Tua is injury prone, like there are some worries, then that's just asking for a disaster. I I completely agree. He didn't get his preseason reps like he would have. So he hasn't, you know, gotten on the field practice as much, but we, we have some, little bit of news. Adrian Pearson signed with the Lions. I mean, he's still somehow churning out yards every year. I don't think it changes a lot for the Lions by any means. But the the biggest news was Jadavian Clowney signing with the Titans. Do you think this pushes them forward as a playoff contender anymore and a threat to other teams in the playoffs at all? I guess it depends on if Clowney can stay healthy and if, you know, he makes it work in Tennessee. I think it's a great pickup for the Titans. I think that they've got a lot of talent on that defense, especially in that linebacking core. And that defensive back area is still pretty good despite Logan Ryan uh, leaving. I think that adding some pressure up front with Clowney is a really good addition for this Titans team. And I personally am pretty shocked that the Titans were the ones that were able to get their hands on him because there were a lot of teams chomping at the bit to get a hold of Clowney. And uh, I thought it was interesting. I read this five minutes before we started recording. Everyone was talking about the Saints, right? Mm-hmm. And how the Saints were thinking about getting him. But really, the more likely situation, if he didn't go to Tennessee, was to go to Baltimore. Oh. The Baltimore Ravens. So the Saints and the Ravens were both looking into a weird scenario, which the NFL decided to not allow, where – they would get another team to sign Clowney and then trade for him. So for the Saints, they wanted the Browns to pick up Clowney 
and then they would give him some draft picks in exchange for Clowney. So the Browns would be paying for Clowney, but would be getting draft picks and stuff uh, in exchange, whereas the Saints would avoid some cap room issues mm-hmm. and take in Clowney, uh, fairly small price. You just have to give away draft picks and stuff. Yeah. And then the Ravens were planning on doing the exact same thing with the Jaguars and helping the Jaguars get some more draft picks and help them get, help that get figured out. But the NFL decided they didn't want to allow that, which I think makes sense. That's kind of a, a sleazy way to get around <laughs> the salary cap. And instead it resulted in the Titans just, I guess, getting the bite on it. I, I still don't know how the Titans were able to win that over the Ravens and saints. I guess they just, those two teams didn't want to pay the fit the bill that the Titans did. But even then, it's not that much money. It's only like $15 million at most. Uh, for a single year, uh, if you're making a Super Bowl push, that's mm-hmm. worth the money. No, I, I think that this does help the Titans, though. I, I, I completely agree that helps. And then I, I also read something today that Clowney was offered like close to 18 to $20 million by the Browns for a two-, three-year contract. So that's kind <laughs> of interesting that he didn't bite on that and weighed it. I guess he wanted to be more with a Super Bowl contending team. Yeah per se, which I understand that completely. And then my thing with the Saints, though, uh, it, was, it was a little bit over Twitter and stuff, is Taysom Hill. Like, you're paying that man the money you could have given to Clowney, and I know yeah. it's just they're all in, but then they're keeping Taysom, Taysom Hill for the future. I don't understand that completely. I don't think he adds that much value. I think he's only thrown, like, I want to say it's 20-some passes. Taysom Hill is not their future quarterback. Anybody who's telling themselves that is kidding themselves. They're they're foolish. My thing is, does Clowney push them forward more than Taysom Hill? And I would say yes. I would would agree, yeah. So I don't – I mean, they they always rave about Taysom Hill, and he provides so much for their offense, but – That offense already has so much at its disposal. I feel like helping the defense out would have been better. Yeah. but, We're in agreement there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it was a great signing by the Titans, and I'm, I'm excited to see where, where they land. But seeing where teams land, we have our, our playoff predictions. And I think, I think we should start with the AFC. And yeah. who – I guess we can start with the seventh seed. You know, we added two more teams this year, so more teams are able to make it. I know a lot of times – the Steelers, I believe, was the number one team that would have made more playoffs looking back 10 years. I believe I remember reading about that. But who's your seventh seed, Mark, in the AFC? It was interesting because when I started filling out my season, because what I did is I used a website where I literally picked every single game, mm-hmm. who won and who lost. And <laughs> I totally forgot that it was seven teams now in each uh, conference. <laughs> Just with everything else that happened this year, yeah. this was something that completely went by my mind. And I, I'm much less outraged about it now than I was then because, I mean, I just want football at this point. Yeah. And so I don't really care that they're messing around with the playoffs. Maybe it'll be cool. Maybe having a divisional round game where both teams played the week before will make the divisional round even more interesting. We'll see. But at my seven seed, I have the New England Patriots going nine and seven and not winning their division, but getting into the playoffs despite their dismantled defense. But with Cam Newton at the helm, Bill Belichick pulls some new things out of his sleeves and makes it work on defense because Bill Belichick is the kind of guy that wants to prove he can make it work no matter who's on his roster. And I think they'll slip into the playoffs just barely. 
Uh, I have them getting in over, I mean, this is entirely just by the tiebreaker function of this uh, website, going over the Tennessee Titans who go nine and seven as well. Okay. Wow. So now with Clowney being signed, I did this before Clowney, but mm-hmm. I think even with Clowney there, I already was confident in that Titans defense. I was more skeptical of their offense. So I think the Titans barely missed the playoffs. Yeah, I, I have them in, but they're a little bit higher than my, my seventh seed. My, my seventh seed in the AFC might be a little bit out there. But after I went through, I did a playoff. I used a playoffpredictors.com. I think I that's what you, I use as well. Yeah. So I just, I just went with that. And I think the, the best division might be the AFC South. Unless it's, South is a pretty good division. Unless it's not me being able to decide what team's going to be good in that division and just not being stern enough. But I, I have three of their teams making it. Really? I might, I might be crazy, but my seventh seed is the Texans. And I think All right. we're forgetting that Bill O'Brien is a decent coach. He's, he's a pretty bad GM. We all agree with that, but I think he's a better coach. And I think people combine his GM portion of his job with his coaching but yeah, I think that can't be ignored. And, I, and I'm not rooting against Deshaun Watson. I, I'm going to believe in him. So that's why I'm putting him, the, the Texans, at the, the seventh seed. But for your, for your sixth seed, who is it, Mark? I have got – so jumping from nine and seven Patriots, so up from after here, it's pretty – I'd say it's pretty – I have found that the AFC is incredibly top-heavy. Mm-hmm. And I have at my sixth seed the Oakland Raiders at eleven and five. Oh, I think wow. this Raiders, I think this Raiders team has got a lot of talent on it. Uh, I think the linebacking core in the front on the Raiders has gotten a lot better. Their secondary still has a lot of questions, but we'll see how that works. I think that Henry Ruggs adds another layer to this offense. Josh Jacobs is a great running back. I think that this team has way too much talent on it for it to not be a playoff team. And they were pretty close to making the playoffs last year, despite some things not going their way. And I think this year they, they give some teams a run for their money throughout the season. I have them winning a couple games that would be considered upsets just because they're going to be at home. And I think that they're going to be a team that can really beat you in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see their offense, honestly, and their, their defense too, I think has a chance to be pretty pretty formidable not like a top tier defense but but good enough to make the playoffs and stuff but good enough should make it work yes i actually have them missing the playoffs though i had them yeah i i don't know some reason the afc west i was i was kind of mean with going through it all being a tough division is uh, a double-edged sword because yeah they're gonna win a lot of games outside of the division but they also have to play each other several times Mm-hmm. and so a team like i have the chargers going last in that division and the issue is is that they only go two and four in the division as far as my standings go from what i predicted i thought they were gonna have a better record than i i have them going four and twelve i, I thought they were gonna be better than well. that i thought they were gonna be a better team than that but playing against uh, the broncos raiders and chiefs twice is brutal mm-hmm. so for my six seed i've got the tennessee titans I, All right. That's, I, 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 I fully accept that. I believe in them. I think they can do it. Obviously, I think Clowney is a, a great signing for them and can hopefully push their defense to doing 
good things again. I don't think they're going to make a playoff run by any th- means like that. Mm-hmm. I think they're, I mean, giving it to Derrick Henry, we can, we can believe in and stuff like that. And I think they're going to ride him this season, but I mean, they're going to have to give him so many touches and I'm not sure a back-to-back season like that, he's going to be able to do it again. So have him making the playoffs, but not making a run by any means. So for your five seed, Mark, who are you thinking? So at my five seed, and I have this team with a better record than both or than several division winners, actually, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at five. Okay. I have them as sort of a, a, a favorite, a sort of an underdog run in the playoffs. I think their defense is going to be just as good as last year, if not better. And now you've got a quarterback who I know is going to perform better than Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges. And they mm-hmm. went, well, was it eight and eight, nine and seven last year? They, if, if the playoff format, like you said, if the playoff format was like it is now last year, they would have been in the playoffs despite just how terrible their quarterback play was. And Juju Smith-Schuster struggled in his first year as a number one receiver. I think he gets better, especially with Roethlisberger throwing the ball to him. And I think this Steelers team is a team that can beat anybody in the NFL and is going to be a threat coming to the playoffs. It's a team you're not going to want to play in the playoffs given how talented their defense is and with the experience of Ben Roethlisberger on that roster, even if he's not what he used to be, I think the Steelers team is going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I, I agree. I have them missing the playoffs though. Interesting. It's, I, I thought I was going to have them in, but it, they, they're 10 and six. So they're, they would have, they're ranked eight in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being that Titans and Texans are both 10 and six in my records as well. So I ended up pushing, pushing them in. However, the tiebreaker works and this thing, I didn't care enough to dig into it, but yeah. they, they just barely slightly missed. And I had a couple of times, cause I couldn't decide where they did make it in like a sixth or seventh seed, but I ended up going the opposite way, but I, I see, I could see them in the playoffs easily, mm-hmm. or at least, at least fighting for a position. The AFC is going to be fun this year. Uh, a lot of years you, you see teams who you think don't deserve to be in the playoffs. I struggle to see the AFC this year providing too many of those teams, even with the additional playoff team. I think that, yeah, the two versus seven matchup will probably still be not a great game. But mm-hmm. I think that people aren't going to be too bitter about uh, looking at the NFC and comparing it to the AFC, seeing the teams in the AFC making it to the playoffs outside of some NFC teams who get snubbed out each year who are typically pretty good. So for my five seed, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I have All them right. as a 10 and six team. I think they can win double digit games. And I think that's. You said 10 the, and six. Yes. Okay. I believe that the Stefan Diggs is is a wonderful trade for them and that can yeah. help Josh Allen. And I think it's going to open things up, but ultimately I don't, I could see them doing a little bit better, a little bit worse. I see them as a playoff team, but I'm keeping them at the, at the five seed because I just think I'm not sure if I'm in on Josh Allen yet. I, I want to yeah. see more from him and I'm just, I'm scared that he's not going to be able to win close games for him. That's the, that's the big question. Josh Allen, man. I also have them in the playoffs winning their division. So we'll right. talk about, I'll talk about my opinion on them a little bit later. Okay, cool. So for the four seed, Mark, who you got? I have, I have my boys, the Indianapolis Colts at 10 oh, and that's, six. That's my uh, four seed as well. Awesome. What's their record? 12 and four. Let me tell Ooh. you why. Let me... Okay. Well, here's the thing. 
um, you could tell me, I picked one or two games the Colts to lose that I think they're fully capable of winning, partially mm-hmm. because I didn't want to seem biased. But in theory, the Colts could be a 12-4 and four football team if everything clicks. Mm-hmm. So what I tried to do was practice some caution and say, everything won't click every game, and they're going to lose a game or two that they shouldn't. Uh, but people have been counting the Colts, putting Colts uh, in the third-place spot in their division on several things I've read. And I think they're seriously over-exaggerating uh, what last season was. We went 7-9 and nine last season, and we had lost our quarterback. We didn't mm-hmm. have him. And there are points in the season where we were starting Brian Hoyer because our backup quarterback went down. On top of that, our defense suffered some injuries. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was struggling with injuries all year. And now we've got a guy in Phillip Rivers whom the 20-interception narrative is a little bit overblown. He's going to have a great time with that offensive line in that run game. And that defense is going to have a great time enjoying the fact that the run game is going to dictate the tempo of so many Colts games. And I think they're going to take this division because although Derrick Henry is good, I think the Colts have the best run game in that group. And maybe we'll have one of the best running attacks in the NFL this season. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think they're scheduled too difficult is why yeah, they have, have a very easy four. schedule they have a very easy schedule which there's games that have them winning where they couldn't end up going 10 and 6 but i think mm-hmm. there's just a chance where they can get to that 12 and 4 because they're i think there's a really like amazing chance for them to be undefeated heading into that ravens game You've got the yeah, jaguars they, it is an easy schedule yeah jaguars jets bears browns Bengals. i think i agree that they should win all those games. Their hardest those, games those, yeah. are the Vikings. I think it's a toss-up. Could go either way, but I have them winning. And then you got the Lions, but that's off of bye week. So I believe you can win it. So I think you're going under, undefeated into that Ravens week. Which could be huge for momentum's, uh, mm-hmm. momentum's sake. Yeah, I the Colts have a very easy early schedule, which typically doesn't spell out into how Colts seasons go. Typically the Colts start off really rough and then get into shape at the end of the season. But that was an Andrew Luck. That was the Andrew Luck uh, Colts era. Uh, last season, we actually started off five and two and then continued to nosedive from then on out. Um, we'll see how it goes. The Phillip Rivers Colts. Uh, it is a really light schedule to start. And I hope we could start off the season good as a Colts fan. But, yeah, I have the winning division partially because of just how easy their schedule is. Yeah. So, moving on to the three seed, though, I I think I might shock you. I'm going Patriots. Okay. I, I just – I'm a believer in Belichick. I think it's a year that he's going to prove it. I understand that the defense has a lot of people out, but I, I, I want him to amaze the football world and show that he is the greatest football coach of all time. And I think he can do it. I think Cam Newton is an improvement over uh, Tom Brady from last year. And I think a lot is on Cam Newton, depending if he's healthy and depending how he plays. But I think Cam Newton can get to 80% of his MVP season. I think that puts them easily in the playoffs in a formidable team that you don't want to face. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Patriots, the, the, the demise is overblown. They mm-hmm. are not going to be the same team they used to be. They're not the kind of team that you go in playing them thinking – how do we beat this team? Because at this point, the Patriots really have to play along the lines of how are we going to beat them? But Bill Belichick is really good at playing that game. Yeah. So I think they're going to be successful in all the facets. Uh, I already have them as a wild card team. I think uh, my three seeds, the Bills. And okay. so we just kind of have it switched a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, I think that the Patriots, 
there is a lot of concerns roster wise. And I think it's just a matter of how much can Belichick patch that up game in and game out and how much can Cam Newton show up in games. I think that they, I think they have a good shot to be a playoff team this year. I have them making it, you have them making it. Um, but I don't know if they have enough talent to be as good as the bills. Cause I said it in our preview on the AFC, the bills are just, they have got so much talent on their roster. Mm-hmm. Everything lines up except for Josh Allen and then a questionable offensive line. Outside of that, the Bills are one of the most, maybe the most complete team in the NFL outside of that. And so I have them going 10 and 6 and winning the division, just barely edging out the Patriots. I also have the Bills going 8 and 0 at home this season. Okay. I think that that's going, I really wish that fans could be there, but I think that that's going, the name to be termed stadium is going to be a great place uh, for the Buffalo Bills to play. And it's going to be, they're not going to be beatable there. I think the Bills might have – the Patriots need more to go right for them to reach their peak than the Bills do. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the Bills can have more go wrong and end up with a better season. Yeah. So I, I could see it going either way. It was, it was a hard decision for me, but I'm just yeah, – I'm yeah, going to bet not, on Belichick. So and that's, not, that's not a bad bet to make. <laughs> yeah. So the, the two seed, Mark, I've got the Ravens and – Obviously, that leaves the Chiefs as my one seed. I think, honestly, you can flip and flop them however you like. But who do you got as your two and one seed? Um, I have the Chiefs as my two seed at 12 okay. and four. I think that they, they drop a game to the Raiders. And I think that they have a couple matchups that I could see them losing that the Ravens just don't have. I think the Chiefs have a tougher schedule. That the Chiefs have to match up with the uh, NFC South. So they have to play the Saints and the Buccaneers and the Falcons, who I think are three formidable foes. Meanwhile, the Ravens don't have that tough of that level of a schedule. I have the Ravens going 14 and two again. I think that the Ravens lose a game to the Steelers, and I don't remember where the other loss came from uh, off the top of my head. But this Ravens team, if the Bills are not the most complete team in the NFL, it's either the Saints or the Ravens. And I think. Although Lamar Jackson will start to get figured out when it comes to the read option, his passing has improved throughout his time in the NFL. And I think what he gains in a passer will cover up what he loses in the read option. And the Ravens will continue to, to cruise on and be able to play really well and get that one seed. Their defense is going to be great. Uh, I have them winning, but that's mainly, mainly because, Oh, their other loss I think is to the chiefs actually. And, yeah, that's how I have them lose to the Chiefs as well. And I think that with the easier schedule, that kind of uh, cruise lines them to the number one seed. I, I could see it. I just – I think Mahomes, if he stays healthy this whole year, I think there's a, a good chance for him to be able to make them that one seed. And mm-hmm. I think it's just the team to beat right now. And, and if you pick either or, it's it's fine with me because, yeah, I mean, both rosters are, are stacked – honestly think maybe the the Ravens roster defensively might be a little bit better than the mm-hmm. the Chiefs roster, but I think Mahomes is, is better than Lamar on the offensive side. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is incredible. But we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with uh, more playoff predictions. Have you ever wondered why everyone and their mother seems like they have a podcast today? 
Well, that's probably because there's over a million podcasts a day alone, and it continues to grow every single day. And you've probably wondered, how do I start a podcast? And you've probably thought, it's too expensive, I don't have the equipment, it'll be too difficult. I just can't do it. Well, let me tell you, you're wrong. There's a platform called Anchor, and it's the simplest way to make a podcast. And I did some light background research for you. First off, it's free. There's creations tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go make a podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. FM to get started. All right, we are back. I'm Connor Taylor. He's Mark Schoenster, and we are going to keep on moving forward on the AFC side. But for Wild Card Week at Mark, your seven and two seed, who do you so, believe is going to do well in that matchup? So I've got, so in my predictions i have the chiefs as the two seed and the patriots as the seven seed i think in arrowhead stadium in the cold that the chiefs offense is too much for the patriots defense no matter what belichick schemes up and that cam newton is not going to be able to overcome the chiefs pass defense and their pass rush and the chiefs are going to win comfortably in that game but all in all on the season the patriots call the year a success given all the things thrown their way that season yeah, I, I think I could see that definitely happening. My seven and two seed, the Texans are the seven, Ravens are the two, and I I think it's an easy choice for the Ravens. Obviously, yeah. there's, a, there's a chance that Deshaun Watson could pull off a miracle, but he's got to pull off a miracle. So I, I have to go with my, my safest bet and just pick mm-hmm. the Ravens overall. Their, their roster's just better, and I'm not a huge believer in the Texans' defense currently. Yeah, no, I'm not either. But for your six and three seed matchup, who do you believe in? Uh, so for me, it's the number three seed, the Buffalo Bills, hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. I think this is a, a great game. I think this mm-hmm. is a great matchup. Uh, two teams, uh, the Raiders offense against that Bills defense. But I think it comes down to, again, Bills 8-0 at home on the year in my prediction. And I think they make it 9-0 and in the, the January Buffalo cold they're able to get the job done you know their run game is questionable in Buffalo we'll see how Devin Singletary and Zach Moss develop throughout the year but I think they get the job done because the Raiders will struggle to get anything to happen it'll be a low scoring affair Josh Allen does enough with John Brown Cole Beasley and uh, Stefan Diggs to get a low scoring win against the Raiders and beautiful playoff football just what you look for in 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 a playoff game just the snow or just the bitter cold and two teams just grinding it out and the Bills with the better defense coming out on top. All right. I, I, I believe the Bills would win that matchup. But for my six and three seed, I've got the Titans at six and the Patriots at three. And I've got a little Rematch. revenge a revenge game for the Patriots. I think Belichick's not going to let it happen again to him. I think Cam's hopefully going to have a pretty decent – he's going to have to have a good game, obviously, to – to beat them but they're at home and I just I don't think Belichick's gonna let that slide again and I think he's gonna be able to find a way to stop Derrick Henry 
And I believe there's a way you can scheme up to stop them and make uh, Tannehill have to win the game. And I don't think Tannehill can win a game, honestly, when you're in uh, uh, Gillette Stadium. So No. Derrick Henry won the game last season. Yeah. We'll have to make that clear. Tannehill did his part, but Derrick Henry won that game. That defense won that game. Uh, I have – so – I think that's a pretty good prediction. If we're, I'm just going to move on to the five, four game. Uh, Cause I don't really, I can't think of anything else to say about that, but I think I agree. Belichick wouldn't let it happen twice. He wouldn't let it get, he wouldn't get out coached by Vrabel again. Cause that's what happened last year, which is yeah. what made it so incredible is that Vrabel out coached Bill Belichick, his, his mentor of sorts. <laughs> uh, but for my five, four game, I have another interesting one, but I guess that's kind of what you would expect from a five, four matchup. I have the Steelers going to Indianapolis and playing the Colts. I think that, this is another close game, but what it comes down to is that the Steelers' defense is really good. They're going to do what they can to shore up the Colts' offense and force Phillip Rivers to make plays. And I think that the Steelers' defense is more equipped to create Phillip Rivers' mistakes than the Colts' defense is equipped to force Ben Roethlisberger to make mistakes. And I think the Steelers edge the Colts in that game and are the one wild card team in the AFC to win their matchup and move on to the divisional round. All right. All right. I, I, I could see it happening. I, I, I guess, do you, when it comes down to Philip rivers or Ben yeah. Roethlisberger with a last minute drive, who would you rather have it in the, their hands? In a vacuum, Philip rivers. I have right. Philip rivers in a vacuum, but Philip rivers, with the Colts offense against the Steelers defense, as opposed to Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers offense versus the Colts defense. I like the Colts defense. I'm, I'm a fan of it. I, I like their build at this point, but I'm taking the, the Ben Roethlisberger in that setup over Phillip Rivers. All right. So for my five, four game, I had the bills at five and then the Colts at four. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I'm still going to hate on Josh Allen. I just think the Colts are going to be able to do it, mainly because I don't think Josh Allen's ready for this stage. I know he's he's done okay in the playoffs, but I don't – I don't know. I just – I'm not ready to buy into him. A lot of teams are buying into the Bills, and I think I'm just – I'm not in on him yet. I need to see it more from this season, and I think the Colts have a – maybe a little bit less – not as good as a roster, but I think the QB – it's just such a big difference where they're able to run run the ground game enough, and uh, the way my seating worked, the Colts have a home game. So yeah, I think the home the dome I think gives the Colts a huge advantage against the, mm-hmm. the Bills in that regard. I think that makes it a lot easier for the Colts to play well against that Bills defense, whereas the the Bills don't have as much to gain from the dome as the Colts do. And as of course being at home also just home field advantage in general is huge. So I could see the Colts winning that game. So moving on though, we've got the, the four and one game. Mine is the Colts at four and the chiefs at Mm -hmm. one. And I think I'm going to have to in the Colts season right there with the chiefs. I mean, they're on a bye. Most teams win when they're on a bye. So it's, it's going to be even bigger this year having that extra buy with the two C not having a buy. And I just think you're an arrowhead. And I think the Colts, if they went 12 and four, like I predict a lot of people see them overperforming, to be honest with you. And I think losing to the chiefs is not embarrassing whatsoever. 
No, not at all. So mine's actually a one in five game because I had the Steelers beating the Colts. And that makes it a Ravens Steelers one versus five divisional playoff game. And rivalry games, that scraps all the rules. That, that makes everything that buys, forget about it. Uh, seeds, forget about it. And I have the Steelers upsetting the Ravens and oh, wow. beating them and going to the AFC championship game. I think the defense is a perfect storm for Lamar Jackson. I thought they played well against the Ravens last season. Once again, sans Ben Roethlisberger. And I think they get it done in the playoffs and the Ravens narrative that, well, how are they going to ever win in the playoffs narrative continues. Um, I think they're capable of winning in the playoffs. I think going up against the Steelers is cruel because that, that breaks all the rules because rivalry games, just it's different, especially in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Ben Roethlisberger has years of playoff experience and years of beating the Ravens in the playoff experience. I think that that gives the Steelers the edge and that they win the game. I, I would love to watch that divisional round playoff matchup, but I think it, it could go either way. I think you felt the mm-hmm. rules like you displayed right there. But for my other divisional round, I've got the Ravens versus the Patriots. And I know I talked about the Patriots. You know, Belichick doesn't let it happen to him again. But I just don't see the Ravens losing this one. I don't – I think Lamar Jackson is that big of a game changer. I'm not sure if – I mean, Belichick – if there's a coach, they can find a way to stop him. I believe in Belichick. But I just think their their Ravens roster is too good. And honestly, the thing is with the opt-outs by the Patriots is if there's any defensive injuries this year – I mean, they, they're, in trouble. <laughs> they're, they're in big trouble. So I know I have them doing pretty well, but I just think they're, they're going to get worn down towards the end of the year. They don't have as much depth as the Ravens. So I have the Ravens win the game. Yeah. I have a uh, two, three seed or two versus three seed. I have the chiefs hosting the bills. And as much as I like to allow the bills roster, I think the chiefs get it done here. I think their offense is too much for the bills defense. They handle drive in and drive out and that Patrick Mahomes scores points and Josh Allen struggles to do so. And it's a bit of a comfortable win in Arrowhead Stadium for the Chiefs and earning them a home bid for the AFC Championship game. All right. So for the AFC Championship game, we've got the Chiefs-Ravens. And I think the comebacks are going to have to stop here. I think the Ravens is a team that you can't necessarily always come back on. So that I, is a I, tough team to come back from behind. On and last league. year, the, the Chiefs were coming back, but I just don't think – I mean, obviously the Chiefs can do it. They've proved they can do it. And, like, a lot of things to go wrong for the Chiefs, and they can still win a game. Mm. But things can't go wrong when you're playing a team like the Ravens. And I think mm-hmm. the Ravens are able to get out in a lead and, you know, finish off the Chiefs. So I have them making the Super Bowl from the AFC. Yeah, see, the Ravens for me are probably the – they're the closest team to flawless in the NFL. The way they play, the way they conduct themselves, they don't make a lot of mistakes. Meaning, if you're playing the Ravens, you need to be flawless as well. Because I, I think the Ravens would be the hardest team to play catch up with in the NFL. Because mm-hmm. they'll take a lead and they are going to sit on that lead. And it's going to be very hard to push them out of that chair to get them on their feet again to compete because with that running attack and with that defense it's hard to score on them especially when you know that 
drive in and drive out. You need to score points right now. And the Chiefs, I believe, would be exempt of that rule because the Chiefs can pull – they can just pull up point after point. But how many drives are they going to get with that Ravens team? I think if the Chiefs fall behind against the Ravens, there's a very good chance that Baltimore wins that game. Now, granted, I don't have the Ravens in the AFC Championship game, but it's still a home matchup for the Chiefs. I have them hosting the Steelers, and I see the upset run the Steelers are on at this point coming to an end, and their defense does a lot of great work with the Chiefs early on, but then Patrick Mahomes starts exposing things, and Ben Roethlisberger can't keep up, which seems to be sort of the narrative in these playoffs and just in a lot of Chiefs games is the Chiefs at some point are just going to keep going, and the other teams just cannot keep up with pace with them, which is why the Ravens are really one of the only few teams in the NFL that I think can beat the Chiefs because they're the kind of team that could get off to the start and then just make sure that that race never happens. But yeah. Chiefs in the Super Bowl for me. All right. Well, I, I easily see that happening. I think the Chiefs can make the Super Bowl. And, but we can move forward towards the NFC side. And for my seventh seed, I have the Minnesota Vikings. I think they squeeze in there. I've got them going 10 and 6. Mm-hmm. So I think they can win the division. I don't have them win the division. Maybe some being a little bit biased possibly, but I think I still just have questions on the defensive side. And I think Kirk Cousins is going to do the thing where he looks really good some games and looks really bad some games. Yeah. So, I mean, they lose Stefan Diggs and it's just a question. Is Justin Jefferson immediately ready to fulfill that role? And I'm not, I'm not sure if he can. So I have them yeah. at number seven. It's interesting. I have in my predictions four different teams going nine and seven and none of them making the playoffs. Wow. I, I don't know how I pulled that one off. But those four, <laughs> nine, and seven teams, just so you know, uh, I'll go in order of how they've divided them in rankings. At 11th, I have the Lions going nine and seven. Okay. So having very close to making the playoffs, but just not quite doing it. Then in 10th, I have the Cardinals going nine and seven. High-powered offense, but the defense just can't get the job done, game in and game out. Don't make the playoffs. Then I have the Vikings at 9-7, and seven, okay. not quite making the playoffs. And then the 8 seed, we've also missed the playoffs, just barely, the Los Angeles Rams. Not making the playoffs. Still a lot of talent on that team, but not enough to win a lot of games. But I think their, their schedule is a little bit easier than some of these other teams. I don't, I'm not as confident in the Rams as I am those three other teams. So going 9-7 was a bit of a surprise for me. But at my seventh seed, I have another AFC or NFC West team, the San Francisco 49ers, regressing a little bit, but going 10 and six, uh, starting off the season undefeated for like the first seven games. I don't remember how long it was, but they just go through the early season good, looking like they've avoided the Super Bowl slump, and then teams start figuring them out again. Uh, I think this defense is still pretty good. It's not going to be the game wrecker that they were last season. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, takes another step forward, and – this wide receiving core, if they stay healthy, has gotten better as well. I think that this 49ers team is too good and too talented to fall into that sort of Super Bowl hangover of sorts. And I think they at least make the playoffs. All right. Wow. You have them regressing a decent amount. Because mm-hmm. I, I really don't have them regressing that much. So that's, that's quite interesting to me. But for the sixth seed, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and so do I so what are, what are your thoughts do you think they have a chance to win the division or do you no. think people are overhyping them I think they're overhyping them uh, I have them going 10 and 6 
uh, just like the 49ers. I think people are overhyping them, especially given their schedule. Because like I said earlier, the NFC South and the AFC West are matched up, which means that's chock full of tough games, and you're not going to win all of them, especially when the AFC West has some of the toughest places to play in the NFL. Denver, uh, I would imagine Vegas will be cool. Uh, going to Arrowhead. And then, and then you've got the StubHub Center, which is another home game. But uh, jokes aside, I the Buccaneers, that defense in the, the backfield, the secondary, it's too shoddy. And I think that that's going to result in some shootouts where either team could win, which means you're going to lose some of those games. And they're going to go 10 and 6. And they're not going to be a real Super Bowl contender, but they'll be a fun team to watch. Yeah, well, we'll see. They won't be that – they'll be better than average. Yeah. And they'll be super hyped up on social media, and you'll see. Look at Tom Brady, the go over and over mm-hmm. again by ESPN and pretty much any uh, Twitter page out there. I, I just see it happening. It already happens. They, I mean, they got Leonard Fournette, but I don't think it's going to, like, boost them to winning their division. Mm-hmm. But for the five seed, I have the Seahawks. So right. I don't have them winning. I have the 49ers winning their division. And I just think the Seahawks are able to do it again, obviously. But they're that team where they just lose some games. They're always in close battles. So they're going to not, – not everything go right for them every single year. But I think just when you got Russell Wilson, I think you're pretty close to being guaranteed a playoff spot. So that's why I put them in there at the five seed. Yeah, I think the thing with the Seahawks is – and the Russell Wilson effect goes along the lines of – when it's a close game, instead of it being a 50-50 coin toss, if you win or lose, Russell Wilson makes that like a 70-30. And mm-hmm. so even though they're going to be in a lot of close games, Russell Wilson is just going to make it happen. And so I totally agree with that, despite my concerns of this roster and how they're built, that Russell Wilson, like you said, he doesn't miss the playoffs. That just isn't going to happen. It happened two years ago, and that was worst-case scenario. I think that this team is better than that one and that they make the playoffs. I agree. I think they, I have them winning the division, Okay, but uh, my five seed is the Atlanta Falcons. All right. I have Atlanta getting in also at 10 and six. I think that this roster is full of talent. And I think Todd Gurley ups up his game from last season. I don't think he goes back to what he was, but I think he thrives with Matt Ryan and that receiving core. And I think the defense, which was so marred, with misfortune last year, get some strokes of luck. I think this team finally gets over this really bad spell a year since the 28 to three game Mm. and gets back into the playoffs and make something of it. I think that this team is what a lot of people are overlooking because of the fact that they've just been disappointing, disappointing, like for these past few years, despite their talent. I think this is the year that people overlook them, even though they know they're talented And this year, people pay for it because the Falcons finally resurge. I have them, the Falcons, barely missing the playoffs at nine and seven. And I, I, I thought I was going to have them in there, but I just I couldn't do it with their schedule. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a good chance they can make the playoffs, but they're they're in a pretty difficult division. So I think that's going to be a problem. I know they, they can sweep the Panthers, but I think the others, they'll probably split or maybe lose, get swept by uh, the Buccaneers or the Saints. So, but I, 
I'm cheering on Matt Ryan this year. Hopefully he's able to bounce back more and their offense can show us what their, their potential is. But moving on to the four seed, I have the Dallas Cowboys. So do I. And I think Mike McCarthy is an upgrade from Jason Garrett. So I think that just puts them the chance, <laughs> the ability. Bit, yeah. <laughs> just, it's, it gives them some more wins, honestly. And I think it gets them where they can win their division. So I have them as the four seed. Why do you, why do you have them as the four seed, Mark? I want to first ask you, what's their record? I have them at 11 and five. All right. Well, this changes the narrative a little bit for why I have them at the four seed. I have them winning the division at eight and eight. Oh, okay. I have the, the NFC East just being a struggle bus of a division where the Eagles and Cowboys benefit from playing the Giants and the Washington football team twice. So I say that the Eagles, once again, it's being seen that they're struggling with injuries and they just don't have the depth and their wide receiving core hasn't gotten that much better. And the wide receiver they drafted has gotten hurt already. And mm-hmm. so I don't think they're going to be much better than last season. I think the Cowboys have gotten better. I was a huge Cowboys guy last season going into the year. thinking They were going to be really good. They disappointed me heavily, but I think that they've improved from that. And I think that their defense is not that impressive. They're going eight and eight here, but their offense has so much firepower on it right now. I think Dak Prescott has a great year and that they edge into the playoffs over the seven and nine Eagles winning the division and getting a home game in the playoffs, despite being eight and eight. Yeah. I, I just, I thought for a second before I did more research that the Eagles, I was going to have them in the playoffs, but just with their injuries and their, their, their luck currently, I just, I just couldn't do it. So I have have them missing the playoffs, obviously too. I have them sitting at nine and seven though. But moving on to the three seed, I have the Green Bay Packers. As do I. And I why, – why can't we get better? Why do we have to regress is my question. <laughs> so I, I ended up convincing myself that the Green Bay Packers are going to improve this year. And the narrative that they're going to fall back. I have them winning – 11 games so they do fall back but I don't believe necessarily that they have to do a ton worse I think there's players that can step up their game and I think I am riding high on the Aaron Rodgers spite season of a QB being picked and the uh, media going at him I just think that's Aaron Rodgers's best way to play is with the chip on his shoulder he likes creating chips on his shoulder so I that's why I put him at the three seed it is the perfect narrative for another Aaron Rodgers monster season. You had the, the relax season. You had the run the table season. And I think a year where everyone's the regress season where he comes out and goes guns blazing. Cause he did have points last season where I thought he was a little shoddy and he could totally sharpen that up again and be fantastic. I have them going 10 and six. And I think that although the rest of the division is catching up to them and I think they fall down a little bit in their talent, or in their performance, they, this season, or this season, sorry, this division is still theirs to lose. And so yeah. I have them getting it and winning. I have too many questions about the Vikings and the Lions and then the Bears and forth. Uh, mm-hmm. Just not as good. I have, I, I trust Aaron Rodgers 
And I trust that team over a young Vikings defense or a Matt Patricia led Lions team. I, I agree. And there's, there's tons of hype for the Lions team. A lot of people are saying this is the year that they, they can take over the division once again. But I, that's I, so crazy I, to me. I thought that was a novel idea I had. I had not <laughs> seen any people writing about that. It's so I crazy. Don't, I, I don't know. I just, I keep on seeing it. I'm just like, why? They're like, these players are meeting on Zoom and stuff like that. They came together <laughs> during the, the protest era. I'm like, I, I just don't know if that's really what's going to push them forward as a team. But for my, the last two seeds, the two and one, I've got the 49ers at this two seed, actually. I have them higher than you. I don't really have them progressing as much. Uh, I don't think they're going to do very well in the playoffs. But the Saints is my one seed and I hate myself for putting them as the one seed, but I did. I did it, Mark. Connor, you, you don't realize, uh, as we're going to keep going, the pain it puts me to do this because I have the saints as the one seed as well, <laughs> at 12 and four. And I have the Seahawks in the two seed at 11 and five. I think the NFC East does a lot of self cannibalism this season. And so no one's records that great. Uh, saints at 12 and four, Come on. This roster is so good. This roster has so much talent. There is no reason that they should not have been in the Super Bowl the past, like, three seasons. And I put them in the Super Bowl every single year only to get let down. But how can I pick against them? They, their defense has got talent in the line, the linebacking core, the secondary. Their offense is led by a record-breaking quarterback with record-breaking receivers, with two fantastic running backs, with a good line. There is no reason this team shouldn't be the one seed. And they just barely lost out of that sweepstakes last season. And uh, I, I think they get it this year. And the Seahawks, uh, we already really talked about them. No, there's not much to reiterate there. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't understand how I ended up putting them there too. But it just every year on paper, I end up convincing myself of the Saints that they should do it. But I know they're going to let us down. And I just, it's, it's sad. Looking forward farther into the NFC side of the playoffs. My seven and two matchup is the Vikings versus the 49ers. And I'm going upset. I'm going Vikings as, as the seven seed. And I just think Dalvin cook is going to have a year where he breaks out. And I think the offense is going to finally start to click towards towards the end of the season and Kirk, Kirk Cousins is going to find himself. And I just believe at the end of the day that the 49ers defense didn't improve enough. And I think the Vikings played a pretty well game last year in the playoffs versus the 49ers. I think they're going to get their revenge game this year. Yeah. I mean, first off, welcome to the, the online podcast edition. If you're joining us from the airwaves uh, I have for my seven to two game, uh, I have the 49ers, but as the seventh seed, playing their rivals, the Seahawks. Now, you put you have an upset, a 7-2 upset, huge. The Vikings getting revenge on the 49ers, which is interesting because you don't have the 49ers regressing as much. I have the 49ers regressing more and then turning around and upsetting the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> so funny how this stuff works out. I think that the 49ers are a more complete team than Seattle. Another sort of rivalry game. They don't have, quite have the contention that the Harbaugh versus uh, Pete Carroll rivalry did. But I think that the 49ers go in to Seattle, pull off the upset, and become the first team 
to be a seven seed and upset the two seed, making it a huge deal. And uh, yeah, how funny how, how our, our, our storylines and our own predictions have sort of weaved in and out like that. Yeah, that's definitely, I think, a little bit unexpected. But for my six and three game, the Buccaneers are six and the, the Packers are three. And I think it's just hard to win in Lambeau. And I think Aaron Rodgers can outduel. I hope he can outduel Tom Brady <laughs> at this point. If he can't, then my prediction's wrong. If he can't outduel him, then the, the Packers honestly probably won't make the playoffs or there'll be a six or seven seed. But I believe he still can. I believe he's going to have a, a good year this season. I think they're, they're able to beat the Buccaneers and Lambeau. So I also have Buccaneers, Packers, same seeding. I think that in Lambeau Field, it's going to be cold, obviously, January. And that's a tough place to win in the uh, – a tough place to, to lose in the playoffs, I would say. I think this game is lower scoring than both these teams are used to. And I think that that aids the Buccaneers more than it aids the Packers. I have an upset. I have the Buccaneers on the back of Chris Godwin, whom I am – I'll call myself a stand for. Uh, I think that Godwin and Brady – get the job done because Brady can do what he needs to do. If he's asked too much of him, I don't think he's going to fulfill it, but I don't think too much is going to be asked of him in this game. And I think he goes into the Lambeau for the first time in Tom Brady's career playoff Lambeau game. And I think he gets the job done uh, upsetting this Packers team. If Aaron Rodgers, if the narrative this season is that Aaron Rodgers is on a bit of a hate tour, I think the Packers win this game. But I don't know if that's going to happen or if that's going to continue throughout the entire season. I think I have the Buccaneers going off an upset. All right. Well, I, I mean, I see it happening. They have a pretty good front seven and their offense. If it ends up clicking, they could be really good. But yeah. Moving on to the five and four seed, my five seed is the Seahawks and the Cowboys at four. And I'm going to go Russell Wilson here. I think it's going to yeah, be a really good game. And I think we're going to see it's honestly might be my favorite game. If I took out my fandom of the Packers from the NFC side of the uh, wild card weekend, because I think it's going to be a close battle and I think it could go either way. But I think at the end of the day, I believe in Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson over Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott, even though it's a home game for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I'd say I, I lean towards that Raiders-Bills game on my side. I think that'll be fantastic. But I have a Falcons at the five seed going to Dallas. And I just realized this looking at it again. I didn't realize it when I first did the predictions. I have all three home games on the NFC side losing, the home team losing okay. the wild card round. So I have the Falcons showing off their stuff against Dallas. I think the Falcons' defense proves to jostle Dak Prescott out of his game a little bit and that Matt Ryan is more equipped to play a shootout against that Falcon or that Cowboys defense than Dak Prescott is to play shootout against that Falcons defense. And the Falcons pull off the upset, which means on top of that, that I have three NFC South teams in the divisional round of the playoffs with the Falcons, Bucks, and Saints all making it. Wow. I mean, it's, it's possible. I mean, the NFC yeah, South I think it's is, totally is a really good division, and but that could end up hurting one of those teams. Mm-hmm. But my in the divisional round, I've got a seven and one team. I've got the Vikings versus the Saints, mm-hmm. and these teams can't like each other right now. They there's no way, especially the Saints <laughs> can't like the Vikings, and it's just it's just 
it can't it's going to be a fun game but i'm going saints and i just think overall a home field advantage if there's fans by them who knows but even if there isn't fans i just think being in that dome is going to be able to a a dome game for drew Brees is huge Mm -hmm. so i just think that elevates them i think uh this year Drew Brees is going to add a little bit to his legacy and make a pretty deep playoff run. So, yeah, I, I, it couldn't happen two years in a row, can it? I think the Vikings going into that Viking Saints game last year were the worst team against the Saints. I think that was pretty obvious. But when the game happened, the Vikings looked like the better team. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Vikings could do that again, especially with how their roster is at this point. No more Stephon Diggs, young defense. If that happens again, the Saints, that's that's disgraceful. Yeah, I think the Saints would win that game. I have for I have my one to seven matchup as well, and I have the Saints hosting the San Francisco 49ers. And I think that the 49ers offense struggles against the Saints defense, and Drew Brees gets the job done at home, winning the game, bringing him to the NFC championship game. No tragedy for the Saints playoff run in the divisional round this year. Yeah, and I, I think uh both of these teams, I don't think the Vikings necessarily have a great shot at being the saints unless they come Mm -hmm. out really well this year but the the 49ers and saints game was a lovely game to watch last year and i would be fine for another rematch of that coming down to the wire Mm -hmm. but my other divisional game is the seahawks versus the packers and i think we're we're looking at another great duel and Mm -hmm. i think it could go either way and I don't love playing Russell Wilson and the playoffs <laughs> whatsoever, but the, the hate tour, the spite tour, whatever you want to call it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just naming the narrative right now. That's going to happen. I think it's going to take them to the, the conference championship game for the Packers this year. I don't think they're going to get farther, but I think they're going to be able to ride on this lame narrative I think it's a really close team, like a bonding team wise. And I think overall they're they're they have a better roster than the Seahawks. Yeah, I think that a, a Seahawks Packers game would be incredibly exciting, a rematch from last year's divisional round game in Lambeau again. Um, these are two teams that I didn't see too much improvement from in the offseason. And in that case, I would take Rodgers and Lambeau, especially again, like I said earlier, if the hate tour is just a consistent narrative, I think Aaron Rodgers gets it done and gets to the NFC championship game, which leads to an exciting Rodgers breeze matchup in the NFC championships. But my matchup's entirely different. I have two wildcard teams playing each other in the divisional round. I have the Atlanta Falcons hosting the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay, (laughs) the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And in this game, unlike in Lambeau, this one's a shootout. And Tom Brady can't do that. Tom Brady's not equipped for that. Matt Ryan was molded by shootouts. He was he was born in it and gets the job done, getting the Falcons to the NFC Championship game, knocking off Tom Brady and getting themselves back into the, the Falcons are a contender again. Wow. Really sending it home. So you got a Falcons-Saints matchup. Yeah. I mean – Two, I feel like two very good offenses. Yeah. I think the Falcons lack a little bit on defense, but Mm -hmm. who do you have winning this game? First off, I'd like to say this is probably 
one of the most underrated rivalries in the NFL. Matt Ryan versus Drew Brees, Falcon-Saints games are always ridiculous. They're always some of the craziest, ludicrous, off-the-walls, overtime games. They are always weird. They're always crazy. And people just don't seem to recognize that. Last year, the Falcons and Saints played on Thanksgiving, and the Falcons converted, and one of them was called back, but three straight onside kicks. They onside kicked one, they got it, but it was called back for some sort of dumb call. They onside kicked again and got it again, just, uh, just a kick later. They scored, onside kicked a third time at this point, and recovered it again. Luckily, the Saints stopped them and kept them from really dragging themselves back into the game that the Saints had dominated the whole time. But it was wild. The Falcons were nowhere near as good as the Saints last year. And every single season, I feel like there's a contractual obligation between Drew Brees and Matt Ryan that one of their games each year has to go to overtime. And I think this NFC Championship game shines a bright old light on it, and we get a wild game in the Dome that could totally turn into a tragic loss once again for the Saints. But I have New Orleans – knocking out their rivals and going to the Super Bowl again. <laughs> this has to be – I can't guarantee that it's been longer than this, but I know for certain this will be the third year in a row that I have the Saints in the Super Bowl. It may be four. I can't recall if I had them going to the Super Bowl four years ago, though. Well, I think I'm going to join you with sending them to the Super Bowl this year. They're sadly the, the Packers. I, I, I really wanted yeah. to keep on sending them, but I think I sent them farther than most people. Yeah. <laughs> any means. But the the Saints just a deeper roster, a better roster, more experience, more time with the head coach. I think one of the most interesting thing on the Packers side to me is that a lot of people believe that you know, the regression thing. But I, I just think there's a chance that there's room for improvement under year two with Matt LaFleur. But I don't think it takes it past a relationship with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. I just think that team, yeah. and when you're in the Dome, it's just – it's a hard place to play. And if the Packers even make it this far, they've, they've overachieved by most people's expectations. So I've got the Saints in the Super Bowl versus the Ravens. And who is your Super Bowl matchup, Mark? I have the Chiefs in the Super Bowl versus – did I say the Saints? Yes. The Saints in the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs. I don't know if I said Chiefs or Saints, <laughs> first, so I didn't want to look dumb and say the Chiefs versus the Chiefs. Uh, no, I have the Saints playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And what is it? Florida? Is that where the Super Bowl is? It's in Jacksonville? I don't, or Tampa? I don't remember where it is. It's somewhere down there. Um, but that, that's uh, my Super Bowl matchup. And past two years, I've had the Saints going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. And I grit my teeth to have them going to the Super Bowl again this year. So this is where I make my difference. The Saints are in the Super Bowl, but they are not going to beat Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs repeat the first time in what's almost two decades at this point. It's getting close to it since the Patriots did it quite a while back. I think the Chiefs are well-equipped to do it again. And the Chiefs get the job done against New Orleans and Patrick Mahomes. People start writing, people start writing stories about is Patrick Mahomes going to be the greatest of all time at this point in time after this game is over. Yeah, if he wins back to back, I think there's a chance that that narrative definitely starts. And there's, I mean, honestly, he could have won the year before last year. 
and we yeah. could already had a back-to-back champion right mm-hmm. now. And honestly, a three-peat, would people be willing to predict that? I think so, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I could see the Chiefs easily winning, but I have the Ravens versus the Saints. And I'm also not willing to put the Saints as the winners. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just – I would love it for Breeze and Payton to go off on a high note like this. But I think the Ravens roster is slightly better. And I think Lamar Jackson gets his first Super Bowl title, um, possibly more down the road. But I think he's, you know, we've got a stacked league right now with QBs. So yeah. I think that's going to be difficult with them. I mean, we have a plethora of QBs right now. And I think at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense will be too much to handle. And I think their defense can stop your breeze, the Ravens defense. Yeah. I think the chiefs or at least the saints, sorry, are more well equipped to beat the chiefs than they are to beat the Ravens. I would say, uh, although I have the chiefs beating the saints, if it's a saints Ravens super bowl, I think I, that's so tough though, because Although I think the Saints are better equipped to beat the Ravens, I just don't know how far that Ravens offensive formula goes in the playoffs. It could work. It could continue to work just like it does in the regular season, like it did last year. Or defenses figure it out by the end of the year. I, the Ravens are an interesting team because they have a floor that is so high. They have such a high floor. And the ceiling is a little bit murky because we don't know if – when they're playing against championship caliber defenses, if they can win week in and week out against teams like that. And I think we're going to see that question this season. Uh, they have a they have a pretty easy regular season schedule, I'd say, for a team that was a one seed last year. And I think that when come playoff time, all eyes are going to be on the Ravens as far as will Lamar Jackson make it work in the playoffs. It's a little unfair to say he's 0-2 in the playoffs up to this point. Uh, rookie year, I don't really count that. Last year, I felt the Titans were just in a different state. But this year, mm-hmm. I don't think you can make an excuse again. Yeah. So those are our Super Bowl predictions. Obviously, people hardly get these right. I would love to mm-hmm. get them right, but it's a difficult yeah. <laughs> year and it's a weird I year. Think I've, I think I've gotten the actual matchup once correct in my lifetime. Okay. I predicted the 49ers Ravens Super Bowl. I will I remember that. But outside of that, I have that's the only time I've gotten the matchup correct. And I even think I probably predict that game incorrectly. Yeah. So I, I think it's one of the harder things to do, especially this year. We don't we haven't seen the teams at all. I know preseason games don't really matter, but I mean, this year players could be missing two weeks on COVID on the COVID list Damn. or something. So it's it's gonna be a weird season, but it's an exciting season. Yeah. But to do a little mini preview for the Texans-Chiefs game. I'm excited for this game, Mark. I am ready yeah. for football. I Every day I wake up as it gets closer, and I just the, the joy in my body keeps on rising. And yeah, you just get more of those reminders that's happening. Today, my reminder was the NFL on YouTube posted all of their game previews for this week, and I was so amped about that. Yesterday, I opened my ESPN app, and the Colts-Jaguars game was listed in my favorites uh, (laughs) section of the scoreboard. And I was like, oh, it's getting here. We're closer. And so in each day, it's just going to get like that until 
football night in America starts playing at yeah. like seven o'clock or actually it might be even be earlier for the kickoff game, but we'll get to listen to uh, Tony Dungy and Rodney Harrison have some banter and then hear some random live artists perform and then watch some football with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. I'm beyond excited for it. And I honestly feel like I'm more excited this year because, you know, we haven't had any preseason games. I don't pay super close attention to them. Mm-hmm. I do tune in. But, you know, you get a little taste of football. And then really college football, there's been some games, but nothing I'm like, I need to watch. And I don't think right. there's any games this weekend that I'm dying to watch either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this game is – I probably haven't – I'm generally excited for football. But I think this year – I'm even more ready for it to happen because it feels like it's been longer than ever, even though it's about the same weight. Yeah. But what are, what are some things that you are expecting in this matchup, Mark? Well, like we mentioned earlier, the narrative is definitely the the narrative that's going to get forced down our throats is it's the two highest paid players in NFL history playing against each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's gotta be where you look at it. that's the that's the the a narrative to look at Deshaun Watson versus Patrick Mahomes but I think the bigger tell the bigger story is going to be that we're going to get reminded that the Chiefs defense is pretty good they've Mm -hmm. got some talent on that defense and I think that we're going to see that it may be less about obviously we both agree that Mahomes is better than Watson that's not really a slight to Watson Mahomes is just ethereal but it may not even look that close because the Chiefs defense is a tier or two above the Texans defense. And so Mahomes is going to have his way a lot easier, especially with his offensive pieces than Watson's going to have with his pieces no longer having DeAndre Hopkins at his disposal anymore against a pretty good Chiefs secondary. And especially with Chris Jones and Frank Clark just bearing down you with a Texans offensive line that although they're trying to get better, there's still question marks, and I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs, this could end up getting ugly, but I don't really care. I just want to watch football, and if the Chiefs put on a clinic, it'll, it'll make me feel good about my Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope it's a really close game. I think there's a chance it'll be a close game. I think it's going to surprise people if it is with the Texans hanging in there because I think, mm-hmm. I mean, the offseason off moves by the Texans. That makes sense. Everyone agrees by that. So I think people are just expecting them to be bad. Mm-hmm. But I think they still have enough offensive weapons and they still have Deshaun Watson. So at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson hopefully will be able to, if they're able to protect him, he can keep them in games. And their their yeah. defense is fine enough to be able to get some stops. They're not going to be an elite defense by anything mm-hmm. by any means. But my my two main question marks, one for the Texans is basically what receiver steps up. I feel like everyone's mm-hmm. wondering what's what's going to happen there. But on the Chiefs side, I really I really want to see Edwards Hilaire. I was because... that when you were when you were wait, pausing on the question, my, the thought in my head is I'm curious about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So I we're on the same page here. Yeah, because he his hype has risen tremendously like as we creep closer to the season he just keeps on rising and people keep on believing they're like this is an amazing dude they haven't taken the sean mccoy andy reed hasn't taken a running back since the sean mccoy and stuff like that but it's like Mm -hmm. no one really knew of him before this draft at all so is i'm 
I don't have an opinion on him, to be honest with you. I'll be real. Didn't go back and watch college film on him. Be like, Let me find <laughs> yeah. out if this is a real dude. I think they'll find ways to use him, obviously. I mean, I, there's no way that he's going to be awful uh, with all the hype coming out. I don't believe they would just fake us out like that. But I'm really interested to see who this guy is and what he can do. And if he's as good as people are predicting, I the, the honestly, the sky's already the limit for the Chiefs. But I think if he makes their team better, that's scary. Yeah, definitely. I The only thing I, – I didn't get to watch a ton of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in college, but – Andy Reid mentioned that he's a lot like uh, Brian Westbrook, whom the Eagles had years ago, and someone that Andy Reid utilized a lot, both as a runner and as a pass catcher. And so Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if he's kind of like Brian Westbrook, which makes him kind of like Kareem Hunt, if he's kind of like that, then that's just another fantastic weapon for the Chiefs to have at their disposal. He'd be kind of like a better version of what Damian Williams is. Mm -hmm. And if if the chiefs have an even better guy to catch it out of the backfield, then how on earth are you supposed to cover every centimeter of the field yeah. uh, when you're playing the chiefs because they could get anywhere and they can get there fast. So yeah, I'm curious to see how they implement him into the offense. Cause obviously they want to get him in there now since they used a first round draft pick on him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I-, I say if I had to make my prediction of the score, um, I say Texans 104 to Chiefs three and all the people who signed up for the DraftKings uh, minus 100 bet on the Chiefs all start crying and are astonished <laughs> at how, uh, how could this have possibly happened. But in all reality, I, I think this is going to be like a 41 to 20 game. It'll be, right. it'll be like, it'll be good the first half and then the Chiefs just start running away with it in the second. And the Texas defense just won't have any answers for Mahomes and the Texans offense will start getting sort of deflated as the game goes on that anytime they fail to score, they give the back ball back to the Chiefs and they go down and score, which just momentum continues to, to Peter and Peter into the, the Chiefs direction. I think the Chiefs are going to win the game. I'm going 35-27 yeah. though. All right. And I think, I think it'll be a relatively close game for a while, but I think – I mean, it could be 35-21, but I just see, honestly, the the Texans getting some chump change yards and a score at the end, making it seem closer than it really was. But I think the beginning is going to be slow. I don't know if you're expecting it to be super fast, but I think it's going to surprise people that the offensive showdown won't just click immediately. I think just with – this could happen with a lot of games – at least a little bit slow in the first half or something till the offense mm-hmm. gets some reps. But I think the live in game reps could afford some slow starts, some uh, miscommunications, stuff like that. And that can obviously happen on the defensive side as well. It's, I mean, 11 guys have to be clicking together for things to go right. But I just think a lot of people are expecting like a light show immediately. And I don't necessarily see that happening. Well, I don't know, because I think you could say the same thing about the defensive side. And I think that's, for me, the biggest question in this game is the talent disparity between the Chiefs defense and Texas offense, or defense is there. But is it going to matter? Are, are all defenses just going to be bad at first? Mm-hmm. In that case, that works in Houston's favor, because then that's just Deshaun Watson versus Patrick Mahomes, which would also be entertaining. Yeah. I guess I think the big thing we'll be able to see is what's rusty and 
what works first. And because I think both sides of the ball will be rusty. And uh, I'll be curious to see who figures it out first. My bets are on the offense, but I could see a slow first half at first, though. Yeah, I think that will be interesting is those teams, not even the Texans and Chiefs. It's just, I think a lot this year is like, who can get out to a hot start? Who is already like clicking early on? Because if you're slow because you didn't get preseason reps or you didn't get as much training camp, that can hurt you and make it difficult later in the season where you need to win more games where everyone's finally back into the rhythm of things. But these are professional athletes, and I don't – I think they'll get into the rhythm of things pretty quickly. And I think we're going to see terrible football by any means. Yeah. So. But that is going to wrap it up for episode three of First and Moose. Uh, if you're listening, if you joined us late or after you listened on the air, thank you for joining us here. And it's, it's football week, so – it's, it's exciting, and remember to join us before kickoff on Sunday from 11 a.m. to kickoff. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be me and Mark, and we're going to have a rotating guest as well throughout the season. So that is, that's it. Thank you for listening. Thank you.